Welcome to New Savages Spiritual Tea. Just two brothers on a journey, hoping you'll come along. I'm John. And I'm Simon. We're super stoked today to welcome Eddie Belvedere, professional skateboarder and um, amazing all-round guy. We've been lucky enough to know him for the last couple of years when he helped us out with a charity skate tour we did for Surfers Against Sewage, like just traveling around Cornwall. But he's been pretty much on the forefront of British skateboarding for the last 15, 20 years. So it's a real honor to have him on. So welcome, Eddie. Hi, guys. Nice to see you again. Yeah, definitely, brother. And thanks for being on. So uh, we just want to start off with a pretty simple question. What's a typical day like for a pro skater in the UK? Uh, Well, for me personally, uh, I like a lion in the morning, standard. (laughs) I'm lucky enough to live on my own, so I don't get disturbed. Well, my cat disturbs me when she wants feeding, but apart from that, basically just wake up as late as possible. Um, I'm pretty fortunate because I don't start working the skate park till the afternoon, like three or four. So I generally try to eat breakfast and then maybe go for a skate or because it's been summer, I've just been going to the beach recently, just hang out at the beach, eat food, then maybe head for a skate in the afternoon or start work. So. Basically, as little as possible and as much chilling as possible, kind of how, how we go about it. So, brilliant, thank you. Sounds like a perfect day, really, mate. Yeah, I try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, too, I, think, I mean, so. after twenty years in the game, do you do anything? Um, you know, is it sort of conditioning for your body, like yoga or anything like that? Um, I go through phases of it, really. Like recently. Um, I've been stre- I've been doing like a little bit of stretching in the mornings uh, when I wake up, like light light weights and just a few sit ups, press ups kind of thing. That's more just for kind of like upper body strength and just for like just kind of being supple for the rest of the day. Because yeah. um, if I've had like a pretty big skate the day before, I tend to wake up and I feel a little bit stiffer. So, um, but then I can go through phases with that. Some days I'll just be like. Well, some weeks I'll be super lax. I won't bother doing anything. Uh, and then I'll be like, oh, you know what? Shit, I need to do some stretching. Or I need to think about maybe using a foam roller now and again to kind of like help. So. Yeah. We, we had a, a, a guest on the other week and he was similar sort of thing. He's a runner, um, okay. Corey. And, um, you know, he, he was saying similar thing. He'll go through phases where he's really content with it. And then other times he's just like, you know, yeah, I guess it depends how your body's feeling as well. Yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah, I, um, I skated a vert comp a few weeks ago, and whilst in between skating the vert comp, I was skating the street course of the park. So I skated for like probably about eight hours straight on a Sunday, and then I drove back to Cardiff, back to Cornwall that night, and I woke up on Monday and I was like, I can't walk. Um, and then I left it a day, and then I skated on the Tuesday, and like I had unbelievable pain in my hips. And then I realized because I've been doing so many knee slides, and I'm not really used to knee sliding. Yeah, I'd really stretched like my hip flexors, like overstretched them, and literally like for a few days, I had to like put my hand under my legs to lift my legs to get into the car. And I was like, oh shit! Like it kind of like dawned on me. I was like. <laughs> Next time you skate vert, you need to like stretch properly yeah. because it's obviously like a movement I'm not really used to knee sliding. So 
that's kind of in my head now that I need to have a good stretch before I'm skating for it. That's mad. I've, we're all been there though. It's like that day after yeah. something too much. It's Get some yoga on the go, bro, for sure. That, yeah. that will get the hip flexors. But I, I think the thing is with a lot of these things, when you you are dipping in and out, it's if you could just do little bits, it's too much to be like, I'm going to do an hour of yoga a day, isn't oh, it? But just little bits can help. See, I, I, I know this girl who does yoga. Um, she's super fit. She's like, she, she's just ridden across Britain. Like she cycled from Land's End to Johnny Grove. She's done that straight back to Lake Districts and she did that uh there was a ride, there's a gnarly ride in the lakes, like some Witten ride, like it's hundred and ten mile ride. She went out, she did it on her own, and she came straight back. She's just been doing like an aerial dance show on some cliffs. And then she's straight back. She's going to Greece at the weekend for six weeks cycling. But she doesn't stop moving and she's always doing yoga and she's always doing this and like she does like she's a trained masseuse as well. So like she kind of helps me out. But something, because she does yoga and she teaches it, like, we started doing a bit of yoga together. And then I was kind of like, she's super flexible in ways that I'm totally not flexible. <laughs> but yeah. I kind of, the way I, I kind of figured out, there's a reason why I've not had many injuries over, over my kind of lifetime in skating. It's because my body won't bend in a certain way. Like, I'm quite, I'm quite muscly and, like, built. But certain, I'm flexible some ways, and then the other way, I'm like the least flexible person ever. And I've got friends who've had like re- repeated knee injuries and stuff because uh, the joints are like hyper flexible. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not like that. And then I, I started to think, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, if I get too loose and too limber, I might be opening myself up to be uh, to kind of start getting injuries, which I've kind of managed to avoid. So with that in mind, I kind of decided, I was like, I don't really want to go down that path yet. As far as, I think, warming up properly for what I'm going to do and kind of what my thing is, is more more suited to my approach. So Yeah, fair enough. That works. Um, now, I know you're vegan, like I am. Um, is that, I mean, what reason did you become vegan? And is your diet and conditioning something that you're aware of? Um. Yeah, so basically, I I, st- I, became, I was vegetarian from the age of 18 to about the age of 30. Um, and that, I literally stopped eating meat just because I was like, I don't need this in my life anymore. Um, no particular reason. There was no nothing to do with like the interest of animals or the health benefits or anything like that. And then obviously over time, I kind of learned more about it. And, and then... When I was about 30, I had a friend who was kind of like, he was kind of stopped, he'd gone fully vegan and he was like, oh man, you need to get on this. Started telling me shit about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like, I'll give it a go. Um, and then I just cut, yeah, I cut the dairy out, cut the eggs out. And yeah, it's weird, man. I noticed like the first couple of weeks, like food kind of changed tastes and stuff. Um, but then from then on, like, kind of like my body shape changed a little bit. And just like how I felt generally, like after eating food, I could notice a change. Like I'm used to it now more because I've I've been vegan like six years or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, it's weird. Now, obviously, I'm aware about like the impacts that like like the the farming industry has on the like, animals and the environment and whatnot. And 
and also about like the impacts like the certain foods can have on your health and your body. Um, I I just feel I feel good personally. Like I feel healthy. Um, I eat I eat relatively well. I still eat like sweets and cakes. Like I got guilty pleasures like anyone, you know. <laughs> but obviously not in excess. But I make sure I eat enough veg for the day, and I'll treat myself as well. I'm not got a problem with that. I'm not like a strict like strictly like like whole whole foods or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I just I feel good, man. And like, do you know what I mean? I I just feel all right. It seems to be working for me at the minute. So. Well, judging by your skateboarding, brother, it definitely, yeah. definitely is working. I remember when we were with you down in Cornwall, it's just like two two summers ago now. Yeah, yeah, two years and ago. And you were showing us all the places to get like the vegan donuts and whatever. Oh, mate, it's was... even better now as well. Like, Yeah, there's so much, isn't there? It's pretty sick. I still think of that nut roast we had in that pub as one of the best meals I ever had. Oh, in yeah. the miners in Stibia. Yeah. How banging. So place. good. It was sick, brother. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it didn't. Since this whole uh, shit show, that's kind of come off the menu there. Like the uh, they changed the menu, they made the menu smaller there. So I've been a few times, and they do do a banging kind of like falafel burger, which is sometimes falafel burgers are a bit like can be a bit dry. It's dry actually, as fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they actually do a good one, but the nut roast at the minute's not on the menu. Hopefully, oh like, man. Winter, man, it should be back up there. Like, so. But it's like when I think of that trip and the food, I, that nut roast is always the, one of the best things I ever ate. And then the <laughs> um, the the coffee bar that you took us to, which was down on that industrial estate, we had breakfast oh, down. Satellite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the turmeric latte down there was absolutely awesome. Oh, is that what you yeah. had? Yeah, so no. good, so good. Yeah, that place is gone now, unfortunately. Oh, what a shame. oh no. That was like a good hangout for like 2019. That was like a regular spot for us. And then, yeah, um, so that was my ex-girlfriend that ran that place. And then she's moved away to Cambridge now. And that, that place kind of came to an end. And they were talking about maybe moving somewhere else. And then I think they're like, oh, it's time for a bit of a change. So they, they packed it in. Like, Shame. Happened with a lot of independent cafes, unfortunately. Yeah. There's a couple yeah. of vegan type veggie places in Exeter that so have gone now. Man, so much work's involved, you know, to kind of yeah. like because they wanted it all to be fresh. Everything was fresh as well and homemade and like it's real not tough. just like buying stuff out of a packet. It's all a lot of preparation involved and it takes up a lot of time and then you've obviously your price has got to be like competitive to like other businesses who might not be putting the same amount of time into preparing the food as what you are. So Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's so, really, but I suppose Everything's impermanent. Yeah. I tell you what there is, man, now, though. Every Saturday on the moor in Falmouth, we've got, like, the best vegan donuts. Like, <laughs> so, I'll give him a shout-out. It's called Sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. Uh, oh, they, they do bagels. It's all. It's strictly vegan. It's, they do bagels and donuts every Saturday on the moor in Falmouth. And honestly, mate, like, the queue on a Saturday, it's like you can queue sometimes for 45 minutes to buy donuts. Madness. <laughs> Obviously, you need to get two boxes. Then, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to be surfing quite a bit in Cornwall over the winter, so I'll definitely get on there. In fact, last a couple of Sundays ago, we went to, what is it? It was a, quite a weird bar, like an old bank in Falmouth, and they had this live music, and it was quite surreal. Do you know what I mean? An old bank. Yeah, so it's a bar that was a bank. Oh, is it a new place on the high street? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard I've heard about my friends going there tomorrow night. There's a band playing there tomorrow. Yeah, loads of live music. It was really quite surreal, like eating a vegan roast on a Sunday evening with this um kind of hippie space folk going on. It was funny anyway. Yeah, I've heard about that place. Balmer's a pretty good place to be to be fair. There's yeah, not, definitely. A lot going on there. Apart from it's like well, you do get waves there now and again, but Yeah. In the winter, you might get the odd wave, but as far as like kind of food and culture, and they've got the arts university there. It's a pretty kind of it's a nice place to be. It's worst places, sure. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Hey, Eddie, you mentioned you, you're skating pretty much every day. Yeah, and I mean, I follow you on Instagram, and you, you do like you post regularly, and I love to watch you skate. You're one of my favourite skaters to to see, actually. Um, but what motivates you to put your body through all of that? Um. I don't know. <laughs> My friend thinks I've got ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she described it to me. I was like, yo, I think I have. <laughs> but everyone's like self-diagnosing themselves with things these days. And I, me personally, like now where I'm at in my life, I love skateboarding. Yeah. And I love how I, I understand a skateboard and how it works as well as what I get out of it when I ride my skateboard. And I'm kind of, now, the whole thing with being sober is like, my head's always like, it's all it's only improving. I'm never taking six steps back and two forward and then playing catch up. So like, every day I skate, the next day is building on from the day before. And I feel like, so I'm not like, oh, yes, I could do that trick. I'm always kind of like, ah, oh, everything feels good. Go through the routine. I'm like, yeah, I feel good today. I can try and learn a new trick or I'm going to try and do this. or And I just, I don't know, it's weird. I had a skate before we did this for like an hour outside and just had like a pump around and just got really into it. And I think for me, it's good to clear the mind as well. Yeah. Like kind of like my head space, it's good to burn a bit of energy off and get a bit of like whatever's kind of in, in your mind, kind of clear it a little bit. So I guess there's like multiple reasons for it. Yeah. Uh, that's, beautiful brother and it's actually you know we do a lot of meditation and we talk about mindfulness you know that state of getting out of your head and into your body and that's actually exactly what you've described you're doing it you're not necessarily thinking i'm doing this to be mindful but you just are being mindful with it Yeah. yeah definitely you touched a little bit on the fact that you're sober now you know if certainly if you watch a lot of the old kind of baker movies or whatever back in the day skateboarding and if you look at fashion magazine, it's quite synonymous with a lot of drinking and smoking weed, shotties and all that. So yeah. as someone who's stepped away from that and doesn't drink and doesn't take any drugs, has that been hard to kind of just, I'm sure, you know, some of your friends are probably still doing that, but do they accept your decision and do they kind of, do you talk to them about your reasonings and stuff? Most people uh, kind of respect me very much for it. Um, and, I've had people reach out to me and kind of like seek help um, and just advice as well about how, how I went about it and kind of how I approached it and, and my reasons for doing it. Um, as far as, it's a weird one, like I feel like, especially drinking, it's such a such a normal thing to do in this country. Like what what, what I've noticed is like stopping certain things, like you, the people you hang around with changes. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, so much. There's only so many beers you can watch someone drink before inevitably you're going to end up drinking a beer yourself, uh, 
whatever it might be that's in front of you. So I think it's it's nice to go to a bar and like hang out with friends and like kind of chat and chill. But then it gets to a point when you like you've got to kind of like withdraw from that and just step back and be like, right, I'm going home. Like I've got something to do. Or, I want to feel fresh tomorrow, so I'm gonna I'm gonna chip and get out of there. So, um, but yeah, m- most of my friends, none of them have ever given me any shit for being like for going the way I've gone. You know, yeah. like what you said about my skating. Like they see they see me skating. Um, I'm 36 years old now, and they see me skating and like consistently like pushing it still. And I think they respect that. And yeah, I've never had any negative comments about being like a sober pussy or anything like that. Like, so. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant, but I respect it so much. I mean, we're both, you know, straight edge as well. And I think the, the thing for us that really, I mean, what you said is the same for us, that our friendship groups kind of change because you're hanging with people that maybe are vibrating on the same kind of yeah. level or whatever. But the other thing is when you step away, you realise just how fucked up alcohol is and that we've so normalised getting wasted and hangovers are almost like a medal of honor and when you're not doing it, you're like why the fuck would i want to put toxins in my body why would i want to punish myself so i feel shit for a day but it's yeah. so normalized it's it's weird it's hard to even comprehend now i i honestly think alcohol is the worst drug in the world like yeah, yeah fully like i've got nothing against anyone who drinks anyone who smokes anything like everyone's choice and take take drugs for that matter I, I actually think people like there's far far less dangerous drugs than alcohol. hundred oh, percent, yeah. People, you know, yeah. and like I feel like alcohol for me is like that's the one like I will never, <laughs> I will never go back to. Yeah, I know yeah. that's it. I'm I'm done with it. Never again, man. Like it's it's just not it's not for me, you yeah. know. Um, when I think about how it affects me as a person and how it makes me come across to other people, I don't want to ever be like that again. Yeah. I want to be fully in control of who I am and what I'm saying and be able to remember everything I've done. And that's the reason I, alcohol just changes that completely. It can change. Yeah. The I couldn't agree more. It's brother. like the society, you're more accepting of somebody who drinks than you are of somebody who doesn't, you know, it's yeah, like yeah. that culture. I mean, during the lockdown, seeing people get so upset because they couldn't go to the pub. Yeah, you know? yeah, but imagine how much more people were drinking as well. Oh, for like sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, you never heard any statistics from supermarkets about how much the uh, uh, booze sales went up or yeah. profits alcohol sales went up or even for how much domestic violence went up. Mm. Yeah, well, this is it. You know, yeah. unfortunately, like, you're locked inside a house with people. If someone's knocking back booze all the time, you're in close confines, you're going to end up arguing at some point. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, for a fact that that, that, that went through the roof, man. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. It, but... yeah. I mean, like we've, we've come to like the UK particularly, I, I sort of find is that there's almost a sense of humor connected to that side of things now. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. oh, they're joking. Well, at least I can still get a pint and, you know, I can still get my beer from the supermarket and all this sort of stuff. And it's yeah, like, just like well, that, that's the whole thing as well. That that's what it comes down to is oh, at least I can still drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is mad. Like because there was a lot yeah. of other stuff you could have done. You know, you could have taken up skateboarding yeah, for a start. Yeah, yeah. You know? it made me laugh. Yeah, loads of people did. To be fair, but like what I thought was funny was like 
I like the start of the first lockdown <laughs> when everyone's like, oh, the dolphins are back in the oceans. Oh, look how beautiful the world is. This time to regrow. And like three months in, everyone's like, fuck you, fuck this, <laughs> fuck everything. Like, I just want to go to a pub. I just want things to be back to normal. And it's like, fuck the environment. <laughs> like, no one cares anymore. And it's like, yeah. but then what you're saying about people starting skateboarding, yeah. a lot of people did. So many people got back into skating because they had an opportunity yeah. where they might have had the time before. And, and people did jump on it. And you see people out exercising who, like, you never would have seen exercising before. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, I'm like, oh, hats off to you for that because people stepped out, some people stepped out of the comfort zone and applied themselves in a positive way. Uh, Which is brilliant. So, eh? yeah. That's, I mean, that was the key for it for like so many people, I hope, is, is that they, they got that opportunity to do something they probably wouldn't have done before. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Because I, I thought to myself, you know, how often as an adult do you get three months off work paid with nothing to do but amuse yourself. And the weather was banging. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was so good. Yeah. But it's brilliant. You know, you know, you're a bit of a role model to a lot of younger skaters, mate. Um a lot of kids probably look up to you in that. Do you are you aware of it? Um I don't know, mate. I'm aware that yeah, I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware. It's, it's, it's weird. I'm very much more aware now of how I come across to people because obviously I work with young children, um, and how I am. But also at the same time, like I don't try and change who I am in front of people. I try and be consistent with who I am, you yeah. know. Uh, which is like I can be loud sometimes. I can be a bit mental and shouty and just be a bit fucking in your face or sometimes it can be super mellow and be like, just, do you know what I mean? I, ch- I try to bring the hype to the youngins as much as I do to the old ones and kind of keep everyone, I just try and treat everybody the same as I am. Yeah. Obviously I'm aware now about how maybe people do look up to me and kind of maybe like, oh, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. And then if anyone's ever asked me about that, then I'll be honest with him and tell him like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I had done that when I was younger, but no one was telling you not to. Oh, no, there was no one around you like ruined it yet to kind of make you realise that you probably shouldn't do it. Because yeah. I got it. I I was going to say it's beautiful. when we were on that trip with you um, a couple of years ago, and we did have some of the younger guys with us. It was beautiful yeah, to watch yeah. them listen to you. You know, yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. they were like because you know kids. Teenage, young teenagers can be gobby wee shites at the best of times. Yeah, 100%. But, <laughs> but, but they were like, I suppose they were a little enamored with you. Do you know what I mean? Just watching you give them advice was actually like, a, to them was probably a huge big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just, it's, it was just beautiful. Things like that, to, to me, that's nothing. Yeah. But like you say to them, they're probably like, oh, my God, like this guy is taking time. And, and I, I remember – people when I was younger who I used to look up to who did the same and to me it was a massive thing but to them it's probably like you know like just it's, it's nothing they just did it because that's who they were and they just wanted to like offer you advice yeah. or like a bit of knowledge wisdom it's, or, it's just really nice isn't it? it's kind of paying it forward 
you know, because like what will happen yeah, is those guys get older, they'll do the same thing for somebody else coming up. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. man, hundred percent. It's just it's that's what, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. Just being yeah. honest and open with people as well, man. Yeah. It's like definitely because it's not easy being young, is it? Oh fuck like, no. Not in this day and age at all. It's yeah. it's probably, pretty yeah, wild. Yeah, it's probably like even crazier than it was when we were younger. Like, oh, 100%. Um, I think because of the social media and stuff and the fact everything's in your face now. Like you're, you're on, in the spotlight the whole time, yeah. really. Completely being watched at all times. Yeah, we could escape when we were kids. You know, if we, if we like fucked up skating when we were kids, chances are there was nobody filming it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. But do you know, I think that kind of is creating like a conformity in society though as well, where it's like, because there's this fear of being like, seen to make a mistake or seen to not fitting into a certain kind of demographic that like, it's almost forcing like, forcing younger people to act in a certain way and kind mm, of maybe not be true to who they are like. So, um, obviously we've always been on film, constantly being filmed and yeah. There's always a camera around, or there's always someone watching you with a phone out or something. Like, it's definitely going to change the way you act and the, the way you behave in front of people. Oh, it's going to be horrific. Yeah, it, it's like well, it's kind of it. I was going to say it's, it's like when, like I said, when we were kids, we we when we got home, we got home. We were in, we had a sanctuary, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because it like the if you got bullied at school, it didn't follow you home. You know, you yeah, got that, that safety of your house. These days, those kids don't have that luxury. Yeah, it follows him into the Absolutely. house. Absolutely, yeah. Completely, it's still there in the face because as soon as they turn the phone on, and we're 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 just prone oh. to looking at stuff like that as well. Because if we're getting like stress or aggro from somebody, we're going to keep checking to see what's happening with it because it's our yeah, fight yeah. or flight response is coming into play. So, yeah, completely. Uh, so those poor little buggers don't get a break from it at all. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And, and when, do you know when people say when you're younger, these are the greatest days of your life? It's <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck no. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. at all. Now, now, the greatest days of your life is where you don't worry about shit. Yeah. The greatest day of my life is right now. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. It's, Eddie Belvedere says it best. The greatest day is right now. The power of now. <laughs> Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. It's right in this moment. There's a thing where I like uh, the past is history, the future a mystery. Now is a gift. That's why it's called. Yeah, man. Boom. There's some Dharma there. You heard it here, brothers and sisters. Dharma from um, Eddie Belvedere. So I wanted to ask you because um, like I've been skating what fucking 35 years now. Late 80s I started, and when I first started, and even over the last kind of well, maybe up until maybe five years ago, you'd barely ever see women skating. And now women are absolutely killing it. Obviously, we had Sky Brown representing Great Britain in the Olympics. It's a little bit contentious. I did. I met her at NASA a couple of years ago, or a few years ago. But yeah, she's not really English. But anyway, we won't get into that. But then you've got Lola Diamond and you've got Roxy Howlett. And like those girls are better at the age of 11, 12 than I was at my peak. Not that I was brilliant, but that was never the case back in the day. And there's so many young girls killing it. It's, it's like, why do you think that that change has happened? I mean, and you must be seeing it. You've coached those girls a bit anyway, haven't you? Uh, Lola and Roxy were both at the skate park last night. Well, uh, I mean, they're amazing, aren't they? They're so good. Unreal, both of them. 
each each in their own like style as well. They've kind of got two totally different kind of styles of skating going on, but equally as impressive. Um, and like I think Roxy's only eleven still. She might be twelve now actually. She's just twelve. Archie went to her party. Thirteen. Oh, did he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We went to um, where was it? I forgot what it's called oh. now. Prime, Prime Skate Park. They're mad being 12 years old and being that good at something. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, all I think is, like, I didn't start skating until I was 13. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, imagine, like, how good she's going to be. In, in five years, when she develops, she gets a bit bigger, a bit more strength in her, a bit more power. She's already pretty tech. She's got some, like, good tricks. But, like, when that power comes, that's what really kind of... It'll all come to fruition, you know. It'll all come to work out. So Roxy lives really close to where I used to live. She lives in Exeter. And um, like about three or four years ago, she was trying to learn to kickflip, and I taught her that. And um, it you? got – Yeah, I pretty much – we were just doing it on grass, and I just got to get the rotation and stuff. And then she saw me doing some blunts and a little mini ramp. And now she does all of them, like, way better than me. It's like, what? Last it's night, quite humbling. Last night on the mini ramp, she did blunt – Pop, shove it, rock and roll, like ah, <laughs> killing it. She's like, "Oh, watch this!" And I was like, "Ah, oh, do you rock and roll out?" And then she just did it, and like, <laughs> and then she, she learned another trick a few seconds later. I was like, "Oh, try this!" And then she did that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, don't, don't try anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you think the change is to have so many women doing it and young girls as well? I see girls like. Just on the front in line, we just is pushing along, learning to ollie yeah. and stuff. It's amazing. Um, I think it's it's weird because there's a there's, we've got so many women that skate here now, but there's quite a there's quite a gap in the age. So the the majority seem to be for me under the age of fifteen, um, and a lot a lot of like kind of 10, 11, 12 year olds kind of doing it. Um, obviously, an older crew, older kind of crew of like female skaters. Um, but I just think what's happened is because it's kind of come into the light more and like it's it's the seeing more people doing it who wouldn't want to ride a skateboard yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely it. it's not just you've got I guess you've got the fashion side of it with skating yeah. so it's not just like it doesn't just look cool it's like all the clothing the footwear the kind of the style that people bring like the kind of punk style or like the hip hop style or Kind of whatever you want to make it, that's for you to do. And I think that's probably like quite appealing for like a lot of women, like a lot of young girls especially. Um, and you get to just fucking do what you want, hang out in a group. Like I was at, uh, I skated Hackney Bumps a couple of weeks ago and it's such a sick park. I went there, but there was, there was two girls skating there who must have been like 14 or 15. Mate, they were like, slaying it like super good steers charging around just simple tricks but just like done properly and i was mm-hmm. like wow, these two are going to be absolute rippers man when they're older and it's like it's pretty sick to see because like obviously blokes have been skating like great for like years and years and years and before that you only really had elisa steamer uh vanessa torres who else there's a few women who killed it but then there was never really like you never really see women out and about skating. Whereas now it's like everywhere you go, you see like girls with skateboards. and mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. It feels like, like more powerful, man. Like, 
It, I was going to say, it feels like the culture's changed quite a lot over the last few years, though. Almost since since Brian Anderson came out, it's yeah, like a yeah. pinpoint that you can look in skate history when when BA came out. Everything's kind of changed a little bit after that, you know. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Because like, obviously, like we're all blokes. We're we're all kind of like from that age where it was like it was a pretty much predominantly male kind yeah, of yeah for sure uh, sport or whatever you want to call it, but. There's things in it, like the inclusivity of like who you'd hang around with, and like so, like people from all over different areas, like fucking rich kids, poor kids, whatever, like kids, like fucking black kids, white kids, fucking didn't matter, kids from other countries, like everyone was different in their own sense, but everyone was riding a skateboard, so that was like the connection. Like yeah. I always feel like. Being a skater, like just being a bit more understanding of like, or not not understanding, but just like not giving a shit about people being different. That was never kind of entered into anything. It was just the fact you were skating together. Yeah, you, you were friends yeah. straight away. Yeah. So I feel like when when Brian Anderson came out, um, everyone was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. And I guess it kind of might have broke down another kind of barrier that might have been there with a bit of maybe homophobia amongst some people but then it's like well BA is the sickest (laughs) yes and it's like what who who gives a shit like you fucking you're straight gay whatever like no realistically it just adds into that that the the thing you already had of like hanging around with all these people from different walks of life already and it does it's it's no different is it it was already kind of there I think maybe it just kind of brought it to fruition like Brought it to light more. Yeah. I just, I mean, because I look back and there's been a few things over the last few years. Obviously, BA coming out, and then um, there was that movie a couple of years ago called Skate Kitchen. Okay, right. Um, I've never seen that. It's um, set in New York, and it's all it's all about a, a group of girl skateboarders. I have seen that. Yeah. Actually. I've seen bits of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I like I, I watched that maybe. I think I watched it during the lockdown. Actually, the first lockdown, it was on Amazon or something, and um, it was just like a. It was like watching a modern version of Kids, almost. You know. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, but it, it touched on that the the accuracy of what skateboarding is a bit more about, and there's there's a few more coming out apparently because we still haven't found that perfect skateboarding movie. You know. It's not going to happen, is no, it? We're, all, <laughs> we're either thrashing or gleaming the cube. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you know, like I think that's it. Like the lifestyle side of it as well. Just like it's up to you how you approach it and how you do it and like you and your friends can kind of make it your own and that's happening all over the world with like whoever's riding a skateboard at the minute like everyone's kind of doing their own thing and like whether you're in a city or you're in the countryside or whether you only skate bowls or you're strictly like a ledge skater on the streets or maybe you only do slappies or like whatever who knows you know there's so there's there's limitless kind of possibilities and outcomes for it, which I think it, it and also like if you're fucking enjoying yourself and you you love it and you're meeting people, like then you're only gonna want to do it more and more. It kind of just yeah. and people see that and they see that you can sit on your ass on a street corner and not really have anything and you can be happy. <laughs> and that's and that's all you need, like. You can be sat in dirt and you'd be laughing with your mates and like 
there's not many things that kind of offer you that, I don't think. No. So uh, yeah. that's true. Maybe agree like, more. BMXing is probably similar, surfing, that kind of thing, like sort of, but yeah, just being out with your friends and skateboards, it's it's the best, isn't it? So yeah, it's nothing like it really. Definitely. Um, I've got to say, because while we're on the subject of skateboarding, uh, we had a, a one of the previous guests, Corey. He talked about when he was running, how it was almost a form of meditation for him. Would you would you view it for you the same way? Skateboarding the same way? Yeah, I was yeah. When we spoke about it at the start, and I said I'd had a little skate for an hour. Yeah. Um, definitely, when you're riding your board, there is nothing else entering into your mind apart from kind of what you're doing. And then it can almost get to a point when you're almost doing it without even thinking about it. Um, you're almost like, I guess it's like non-doing. <laughs> you're just kind of like going with the flow of yeah. it and just kind of, it's just happening. And they're, they're the best skates. That kind of happens, I feel, when you're skating a bowl and you get kind of lost in in the emotion and you're kind of like, you're just charging around doing grinds here, little airs floating around and it's almost, you forget where you are. You're in there somewhere, but you're just doing it. And I guess that is a, it's a pretty kind of, I guess it is quite meditative. I've never really tried meditating though, but I, I guess it's kind of similar. Absolutely, to yeah, yeah. Happens when you skate. Yeah, yeah. No, it is for sure. It's, um, I mean, we call it the flow state. So that flow state where literally you're not in your head at all. You're just in your, your body, which is yeah, what, yeah. what you've just explained anyway. Do you find you can get into that flow state with any other activities? I know you surf and stuff as well. Um, I'm thinking may, maybe not so much. I don't – possibly when I'm surfing, but I'm probably like a bit more trying to just stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Being aware that I'm in the city and that I don't belong in the water. Um, no, I'm not too sure. I get it when, when you're kind of riding a wave surfing – and you're on it and it's happening and you're in there, then I guess it's kind of just you and you're on your board and you're, you can see the water and it's all still and all of a sudden it's calm. I feel like it goes really calm. Um, but I guess for me, because I've spent so much time skating, it's more more so I feel it when I'm skateboarding, I can be like that. I can kind of, that's, that's my kind of zen moment or whatever. Mm. Um, but then it can change as well. If you start trying filming a trick and you start, kind of overthinking it and then it starts becoming a battle almost that can totally go out the window as well and it can it's almost then that kind of style of skating the kind of not really thinking about the effortlessness that's gone and then all of a sudden you're in you're in like a a, a mental battle with yourself then yeah and your environment whatever else is going on around you and that that's another side of it but then that's not necessarily a bad thing as well that's like it's definitely a good way of kind of uh, overcoming boundaries and kind of like battling through that. So, yeah. Would you, yeah, definitely. Would you consider yourself a spiritual person? Um, yeah, I think I must be. I'm a bit more aware about it now. I think. Yeah. I never really. I never would have really. Years ago, I think with what's happened in my life, like it's kind of led me to being more aware of. Um, just about myself and what's going on around me and being being a bit more welcoming to certain things and being more aware about just seeing what's happening around me and open to it and just kind of 
um, just allowing it, you know. I just kind of embrace it, I think, more now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and, like, I've, what's that book I was reading? The Tao, the Tao De Jing, man. Like, I was, I read that hell of, like a few times, quite a few times. I was like, oh, sick. And just like, <laughs> it's just like the descriptions and there's bits in it. And it's like, no way. Yeah. Like, it's like relatable. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool. But obviously, like, you're never going to nail it. But then if you're kind of aware about it and you're welcome into it, then it's going to like, it's going to start to happen more. And it's like a natural. So, like I said about with, starting the day how do you start the day or how what's like the your normal day is like just kind of let it happen yeah do you know what mm. I mean? like allow it to happen and just see see kind of where it leads you without really trying to put too much thought and effort into things um and that to me seems to be like a good way well it works for me how i live my life so yeah uh, it makes a lot of yeah, sense for brother. sure now, without getting into too much detail, um, I know that you've unfortunately experienced some friends that have passed away. Um, has this actually affected you, and in terms of your like mental health and and being, a, I suppose, a mental health advocate? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely has. Um, I think so. The, the when Chris when Chris died, Chris Barrett, um, I was still in Manchester. And that that really it really affected me because um, I left Manchester two days after he passed away and moved to Cornwall and I was living in a caravan outside the skate park and I was smoking weed on my own. Um, it, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I'll go. I'll, I'll try and later. Basically, like thinking a lot. Um, Obviously, mourning on my own, like I was really upset. Um, and then having really deep thoughts about Chris and just kind of what was happening. I remember I was on the train to I was on the train to London to go and uh, do like a we skating mini ramp with Death. And I was on the train, and there was the sun was setting as we kind of coming through Reading. It was beautiful, and I was like, oh, I can feel Chris inside me, or whatever. I was like welling up, and I was like, oh man, like Chris is there, and like. I kind of could, in my head, I was like, I can feel he's there or whatever. Um, and anyway, like, I, I spent the weekend skating, and um, on the way to London, my friend had messaged me and said, you're going to meet your destiny on a train, right? And she's going to get on at Reading. And I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Anyway, he messaged me uh, at the end of the weekend. I was like, did you meet your destiny? And I was like, nah, man, didn't happen. Like, Anyway, the, I was on the train. The train pulled up somewhere. I was like, whatever. So I'm sat sat in this chair. And I've got my coat hanging next to me. The train's absolutely packed. And uh, a woman walks up and kind of stops next to me. So I kind of like glance at her. And I was like, oh, I'll move my coat for you so you can sit down. And she's like, yeah, cool, thanks. And then I look at her. And she's like, she's absolutely like smoking, like tattooed up, tattooed woman. She's like an older woman, like big red lips, like long black hair. Like, I was just like, whoa. And then she sat down next to me and I was like, oh, um, can I tell you something? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, my friend told me uh, I was going to meet my destiny on this train at Reading. Uh 
And I was like, what station are we at? And she was like, oh, this is Reading Station. I was like, oh, shit, ain't that something, like?" <laughs> and she's like, well, can I tell you something? And I was like, nah, yeah, yeah, crack on, like. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm a witch. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, for, for real, you're a witch. And she's like, yeah. So then that basically led us into, like, we had a mad conversation. Uh, she was going to a full moon party. Uh, kind of maybe near you guys somewhere. There's like a lighthouse somewhere where they do full moon parties. But she was she was going to this party anyway. And we spent the whole time talking. And she got pretty deep with me. And like at the time, I was kind of wearing crystals around my neck and shit. And I was being a bit like, or oh, like a bit kind of, I was like on one a little bit, I think. And she said to me, she said, oh, she said, like, you, you you contain a lot of power and you've got a lot of positive energy in you. But she also said that you're really open to, like, letting, like, a past demon back into your life and kind of take over you a little bit. Um, and she said, she was like, oh, does that make any sense? And I was like, yeah, do you know what? It does completely. Because there's a reason why I stopped smoking weed when I was younger, because of how it was affecting me mentally. And I'd kind of somehow slip back in it. And with Chris passing away, I'd kind of started using it more and more and abusing it. Uh, and then it kind of led me down like quite a dark path. Um, so anyway, she 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 went her way. I, I went mine. And from that, she actually gave me a ring to keep. Um, and from that, I like I stopped that day, like I stopped smoking. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Amazing. I don't need this in my life. And, like, it could have just been a chance meeting with her, but, like, we still speak now and again. Like, um, she's she's cool, man. Like, I just feel like I'm, she she just came into my life at the right time and she just said something I needed to hear that kind of, it kind of laid out, like, yeah, you need to follow this path and you need to start taking your own mental health seriously. Um because I'd, I'd lost Chris, we'd all lost Chris, and we were all really upset. And from that, then that kind of led me more to kind of dealing with his loss and mourning for his like for our loss. Um, and then I, I, I did I did a, a suicide prevention course, like we did that at the skate park, because um, obviously he was the third person we that I know that had lost to suicide already. Um, so I was like, this can't happen again, you know, like I don't wanna I don't want this to ever kinda happen to any of my friends again. I wanna be there for my friends if I can be there and like it's it can be horrible to talk to and it's hard to to bring up but it could be the last chance you get, you know? Yeah. Um because you can always say, Oh, but what if I'd have said this or what if we'd have done what if this was and you can go around in circles thinking that, man. Um but we learned we learned on that course we learned some good things actually um just kind of like signs and things to look out for with people and how to approach people with it and um it's definitely been helpful since then um we've lost another couple of people i know personally we've lost unfortunately to suicide um but you got to be there for your friends, you know. Absolutely. There's nothing, yeah. You can't do anything wrong. You can't do anything wrong. you just got to be there for each other. Um, and you can't blame yourself 
uh, for things other people have done either because that's easy for people to do. Mm. Uh, and that, it's not going to help anyone, you know. So. No, it's true. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing that. I know it, it's man. not easy, but really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, no, no worries, man. It's um, like I say, this year I lost I lost another friend, Dave Beveridge. He was he was actually fifty two. Um, he he uh, took his own life in February, I think it was. Um, just kind of out totally out of the blue, kind of took us by surprise, you know. Um, he was an absolute legend as well, man. Um, and yeah, ne- never, you just, you don't expect it, do you? But unfortunately, no. at the time we were at and what was happening in the world, it was very easy to lose track of what people are doing. Like the connections are broke between people. And like sometimes people can just like slip away without you realizing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. very sad. I do- well, things are changing. Things are changing, aren't they? I had a friend of mine say to me recently, he said, um, oh, I've hurt my um, hurt my back and I'm going to go to the doctor because I was up to this point, I was like, uh, you know, it'll be right on its own. It'll just get right on its own. And he said, but then I realized that's such a masculine way of thinking. Yeah. And yeah. It's, but we do it with everything. Generally as blokes, like, oh, I've hurt myself. We don't go and see anybody about it till it's beyond like coping. But we, yeah, we don't. Yeah, but what's worse is we do it with our own mental health. You know, we've got like some sort of trouble or or something we're struggling with, and we've got friends who are super we're super close to, but we don't even talk to them about it because there's some sort of like like we we think it's weak or something to go and. Do you feel like there's there's definitely like an old kind of stigma behind like being open and being expressing expressing your emotions to your friends? Hundred percent. And kind of letting your emotions come out as well, which is like another thing, man. Like after Chris, man, like I opened up to crying. So I was like, "Yo, if it's coming out, it's coming out." Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. I ain't, bottling, I ain't bottling it up. Like fucking, if he wants to come out, there's a reason why he wants to come out. Yeah, so I'm gonna let it out, and then you have a cry, and I'm like, "Oh, do you know what? I feel better." Yeah. For whatever reason, I cried. I cried, and like I've always been like, "Fucking speak what's on your mind, man." Like. If you've got shit on your head, fucking speak to people because people will listen to you. And the same for them, man. If they've got shit on their head, I'll listen to people. Like Because sometimes like just someone listening and letting someone get that off their chest, that's all they need to do is just like let that out. 100%. Yeah. Release it. Release yeah. it. But it's definitely... I would, it's weird with men, isn't it? Like what you're saying about the whole like the bad back and just yeah. like... Uh, I'll just ignore this till I'm literally <laughs> till I can't walk. <laughs> why is it? Why is it men in particular that do that? Why? Because like women are on it, man. They'll be like, nope, I'm getting this shit sorted out. Yeah. I'm gonna get looked at because I ain't gonna deal with it. Yeah. I mean, Simon and I talk about sort of this toxic masculinity all the time, and that's like a prime example of it to me. You know, this whole yeah. sense that if we admit we've got an issue, a health ailment, or a mental health ailment, or anything along those we're weak we're not we're not the strong alpha male that we think we are yeah, you know yeah. and the reality is that my wife points it out to me all the time is every time i admit that my my mind isn't my friend at that point and i'm struggling it's actually a huge strength to admit that vulnerability even if it's just to her yeah yeah you yeah. know it's a step 
right direction. Absolutely. But it's like we, we, I think, as men, we're pretty much conditioned not to allow those emotions. Like we're given two emotions and it's generally lust and anger. Yeah. yeah, do you think that's growing up though? Yeah. Do you think that's yeah. like, all like how it's rammed down your neck in it from a young age? Absolutely. Like, oh, man up or yeah. whatever. Or, like, Soldier on, like, cowboy up. You know, I never seen my dad cry. Like, mm. I never seen many older men in my family cry. And that was very much like almost like you're saying it's shown as a sign of weakness or whatever. Yeah. But far from and it. Now, and now I see like, no, that's like, like, being open with you and allowing your emotions to come through is that's that should be encouraged for people, you know. Absolutely. Because like so much better. Being true to yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Like you you you're letting yourself be who you are and like letting that come out and that's that's gonna make you feel better in, in general rather than bottling things up and bottling things up and feeling like you can't talk to anyone about it, you can't express yourself about it. It's only going to inevitably make things worse. Absolutely, and it, th- so, yeah. there is a bit of a movement now, isn't there? I mean, across the globe, where where men are being a bit more vocal about how they're feeling, and um, and you see it more and more now. But like, I think really realistically, it, it's people at our level that actually make the change. You can have all this media promotion and stuff, and these these groups doing it, but it really uh, takes us normal people to make these changes you know it's down to us to actually go oh look check on your mates you know yeah man for sure like i think the whole thing with like with ben going and just like tell your friends you love them and just things like that yeah. and it's kind of like i think it's just it's 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 made it more aware to like a larger audience. It's all right to like not feel like if you ain't feeling great, you can tell someone about it. Yeah. And it's not there's there's not there's not need no need to have any have any shame about it. Um, which is fucking it's hundred percent true. In it, it's like like your physical health, your mental health, are equally as important as each other. <laughs> Um, looking, looking after, but it's both health, isn't yeah. it? It's just general health. Well, that's it. Want to be yeah. I mean, realistically, if your mental health's not great, your physical health's not great. Can't be. Yeah. No, they're going to affect each other completely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And 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 vice versa as well. Yeah. You know, like so, like you're saying about your friend having a bad back. Yeah. Like that's going to affect on his because he isn't feeling great. He's always in pain. He's always going to be walking in a certain way to avoid him hurting himself. Yeah. Inevitably, that's going to end up affecting his head because it's gonna it's gonna affect his confidence and how he feels about himself and that's gonna play with his mental health yeah. and it's just gonna add add to it and just become like that that kind of growing kind of ball or whatever. Um so yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta address things, talk to people. It's nice. <laughs> Share. Yeah. Share. Yeah. Thank you, brother. That's that's beautiful. So beautiful. I mean we couldn't agree more. It's this is why we started this podcast yeah. is about getting men talking and yeah, yeah. you know we're on this journey together and you know you're on this journey as well the people that have come on us so yeah it's brilliant yeah. thank you that's rad man it's cool it's good i think it's it's good to kind of encourage the youngins to be the same as well you know yeah. like you were saying about being a role model to like uh younger people and like it's the same with them just letting them know you know if, if you got shit on your head man just talk about it like yeah, yeah. Yeah, just definitely. Don't, don't feel like you have to like 
hide anything, if something's bothering you, like just get it out there. Yeah, this is true. What do you uh what do you reckon your future looks like, Eddie? Um do you want the long run? <laughs> 105. Yeah. I'm gonna film my last section when I'm 80. Um uh, slippy slappies. Um my future at the minute, um I'm pretty happy working at the skate park at Mount Hawk. Um it's kind of suiting me. Um I'm planning on next year, I've kind of come up with this idea. I want to film a full video part in America. Um so I'm gonna look at trying to get a bit of time in California and I'm gonna put I'm gonna just try and spend at least two, three months there. Uh, I want to film a full video part on American spots and just kind of see how that goes. That'd be cool. I've never been to America. I've never skated there. And I'm like, you know what? Well, I'm still kind of able to do it. Um, that's something that I really want to do. Um, and then just, yeah, I guess that's my only real plan at the minute. That's as far as I've <laughs> That'll <got>. do. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Look forward to seeing that. Yeah. You're going to kill it out there, slay it for sure. I'm keen to see you Definitely. skate Burnside. Oh mate, I, I, to be fair, I'd probably be pretty intimidated to go to Burnside. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard, I heard rumours of locals and savages are like. <laughs> yeah, no, I was in um, what was it Venice Beach, uh, Fute twenty seventeen, I think it was. You know, in the skate park there, and the locals are absolute savage. It wasn't a nice atmosphere. It was actually quite rough. Really. Yeah. yeah, it was gutting because, you, you know, you've seen Lords of Dogtown, all of these things, and you imagine it a certain way. But, yeah, it wasn't welcoming at all. Everyone was a shame. trying to prove something, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of attitude there. Yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to ask you, are you on Vans now? Um, yeah, I get hooked up through uh, the head of marketing, uh, Ollie Wright, who he works in London. He kind of started sorting me out, uh, like, the start of last lockdown. Nice. Um Obviously, like it's kind of just through him at the minute. Um, but he, he before I even rode for vans, he took me on trips with vans and put me up in hotels and paid for flights and been like super supportive before nice. I was wearing the shoes. And then I was like, oh, sick. Do you know what? Like, if you want to give me shoes, like, I'm happy. All I need is like shoes to ski in. I'm not sure. So, what do you wear then? What's your usual? At the minute, what if I just I've I've been skating old schools, but then I've had to I've kind of got a pair of authentics next to me as well. So it just depends what they send me. That is what that's a problem as well with with the footwear is like the shoes that I'm wearing, because um, a lot of them are made with suede. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is something that I've kind of like. Obviously, it's like oh, I'm going to justify it to myself to kind of make it all right and. Basically, they send me like new models of shoes to wear because obviously they want to sell the new models to people who see you wearing the shoes. Um, so as far as getting solely vegan shoes, it's quite difficult sometimes. Um, they do do a couple, um, which sometimes you'll get them. But predominantly, most of the band's footwear, it's like they're, they're made with suede and stuff, especially like the pro shoes. Um which it isn't ideal for me, but it's kind of like I've had to kind of just be like, right, well, it's it's a byproduct of an industry which I don't support. But yeah. It's one of it's like, I don't know, that's kind of 
Where it's difficult, but that was just literally a, a personal indulgence <laughs> question because I always wear Vans, and I was like, "Yeah, so was Eddie wearing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, do you wear vegan ones or? Do you know what? I it's quite funny because I I stopped buying any of the suede ones. Okay. But um, John about a year ago bought me a pair of the um the Chris Fanner antihero ones because he knew that I loved them, but I wouldn't buy them, so, <laughs> so right. I still wore them. <laughs> and um. I bought some of the strayers now, you know, yeah. because they are vegan. If I do buy shoes, if I buy anything, then I'm going to buy, I'm going to make sure that it's like kind of cruelty free and that can go down that path. They send me the shoes and I'm grateful for that because I get sent stuff and without it, like I think about how lucky I've been to get given products over the years and like it's kept me rolling, man. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I go through, I go through shoes fast. I go through boards super fast. Like, Nick at death, like he's so generous with like the packages he sends to me, and like I skate them boards till the fucked, and then the next one's on. But that'll be maybe two weeks a deck a deck will last me if I'm really wow. If I skate every day, man, like sometimes not even two weeks. Um, So the product I get sent, I use it to like the full, and then when I'm done with the boards, I give it to the kids. Same with the shoes, I give the shoes to the kids. I pass them on because. They might be done for me, but for a kid, they're still kind of fresh, you know. They're not as heavy as me, they're lighter, so they can use it more. That's beautiful, bro. Yeah, just keep pinning, keep keep passing it on. You know, it's like when you're younger. Yeah, like, yeah the stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Skating boards to the little razor tails. Like. <laughs> um, so I guess the last question, for me anyway, uh, what would you like your legacy to be? <laughs> Just uh, a little question for you, yeah, bro. Yeah. We'll throw you in yeah, the deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what do you think your legacy would like to be? Uh, uh, I don't know. I have no idea, man. I've never even thought about that. I guess just enjoy yourself. Make the most of the time you've got. Like, be open to new experiences, travel, meet people, speak to people, just sample life <laughs> and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come, up with your, come up with your own conclusions and figure it out for yourself because everyone gets there eventually. And I guess what's exciting is, like, growing older, man. Yeah. I always feel like it's rad that every year you get older, you kind of learn more. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's, I think that's rad, like... When you're young and you're like, I fucking know everything me now. I know it all. Yeah. And then a year later, you're like, oh, no way. I learned so much more. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew fuck all. Yeah, actually, thinking back on it, I knew nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I think, now I'm aware of that. I don't think I know anything, but I'm sure by the time I'm fucking 80 years old, I'll be like, you fucking idiot. Well, you <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that in my 20s, I thought I knew it all. In my 30s, I realized I didn't. And now I'm in my 40s, I just don't care. Yeah. You're like, you're like, <laughs> just wing it, man. That's the truth. Yeah. Just wing it. Well, I would say, um, you know, the way you are with everyone is so authentic, so honest, and you're vulnerable. And, like, that comes across your stoke for skateboarding and, you know, having spent quite a bit of time with you, we had, a, you know, that skate trip and stuff that yeah. like you give of yourself to everyone, whether it's a 10 year old annoying kid or an old fart like me. So 
we really respect you for that, brother. And yeah, we're really thankful that you've come on here and uh, been so honest and vulnerable. It's Thanks. amazing. Thanks for inviting me on, man. That's cool. It's rad, it's rad to see you guys again as well. Yeah, you too, <laughs> yeah, we, Well, we need to come down to Cornwall and we'll get a little surf and skate session on. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm here, man, all the time working. Like, obviously, winter's looming now and there should be some waves eventually. So Yeah. Yeah, it's been all right recently. I'm going to Gower this weekend, actually. going to get a little, little Welsh surf on the go. Yeah, But anyway, we always end with just a, a little prayer, like a Buddhist prayer. So I'm just going to lead us in if that's cool. But again, thank you so much, brother, for coming on. Yeah, it's great to see you. You too, mate. Yeah, definitely, bro. May any goodness that comes from our practice be shared outwards in all directions and together may we create a positive change on this planet. Cheers, Eddie. Thank you, brother. Take it easy. Legend. Stoke. Yeah, man. It's fucking rad to speak to you. Definitely, brother. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks. Talk soon, brother. See you later. Kia kaha. Peace out. Peace.